Hello. Happy Thursday, lads, fine gentlemen, as it were. What a great time to be alive. May the Lord bless you and keep you and shine his face upon you. So I had a great uh, day with the young chaps out at summer camp again today. Um, again, just absolutely white pilling. We were joking around. We, we, uh, the guys were doing some balancing thing and, and it looked like the girls were cheating. And so out of nowhere, <laughs> so out of nowhere, one of the young lads yells out, repeal the 19th. And I about went, is this my guy? Is this Hitler? <laughs> it was great. Drongo, welcome, brother. So I uh, I was just thoroughly chuffed. Thoroughly chuffed. You know, Gen Z are going to make it. Let me tell you. Some 17-year-old boy knows about repealing the 19th. They're far, far further along than I ever was at that age. God bless them. God bless Generation Zittler. What a time to be alive. So I thought, you know what, young man? In honor of you, tonight's stream will be about repealing the 19th. And so I thought I'd start out with a Twitter soliloquy. I wrote this a while back. <clears throat> if your goal is to destroy a culture, you have to push women into leadership positions. Everyone wants to be in leadership. No one wants to be the leader. The leader is the target of the opposition's fury. Women are not made for this rejection and so resort to victimhood to escape challenge. A king is for glory, not for long life. The happiest women are those who serve a king willing to die for his mission. The essence of femininity is the focus on relationship. The essence of masculinity is the focus on mission. The feminine nightmare is rejection from community. The masculine nightmare is missing their shot at glory. This is where our church, media, politics, academia are at today, pushing Eve into dealing with the devil while Adam looks on ashamed. Well, at least we didn't hurt Eve's and the devil's feelings. And I really wanted to, to hit on that for us, you know, this, this thing of this, this liberal frame that we've all fallen into of um, kind of pushing women into leadership, pushing women into mission, pushing women into authority uh, to be fair, to be kind. When it's actually a disservice to them and it's a, a dishonor to ourselves. You know, it's, it's that whole thing of watching girls beat each other up in MMA, you know, or wrestling or, or whatever blood sport, you know, what pushing women into blood sport because it's fair it like degrades your soul watching that. It's like, who can watch this and claim to enjoy it? It's a super like, uh, super degrading kind of inversion of, of our authority to protect women, of our, our duty to protect women. And so leadership is a very attack orientated position. You are going to be attacked. If you lead, you're going to be attacked. If you step out and have boldness, you're going to be attacked. And we see that even online, you know, with media or with ministry or with politics, whatever. But these women will say these, these absolutely crazy things. 
And naturally, you know, there's that classic meme of a woman shoveling uh, a cartoon of a woman shoveling crap over a wall. And guess what? Crap comes back over and she's like, oh, misogyny, you know, whatever. And it's like, no, you shovel crap, you're going to get crap. Uh, you take a shot at the king, you're gonna, you best not miss because there's going to come shots right back. You are going to lead a group. Well, guess what? Other groups are going to attack you primarily as the leader of the group. And Satan's, Satan's like, my is like, well, Eve can make her own decisions. Eve's leading the garden. You know, from, from three to six, Eve gets to lead the garden. And it's this kind of, this kind of push shirking of our duties onto Eve. So I wanted to read this, the second uh, thing I was saying here. So we care more about momentarily pleasing women than we do steadfastly protecting them. Celebrating women becoming police officers, pastors, soldiers, wage slaves, and politicians is celebrating their equal opportunity to be abused by bad men. While women enjoy the pleasures of authority, they do not enjoy the burdens of responsibility that come with it, of withstanding abuse by bad men, hence the proliferation of white knights who have to ride in to defend them at every challenge. Because that's it. When you lead, when you step out, you're opening yourself to abuse. You're showing yourself to bad men, right? It's that whole thing of wearing the crown and bearing the sword. It's a ministry because you have to deal with the bad men. You know, if you're the husband of the house, you pick up the gun and go in and find out what the noise is. You don't tell your wife to pick up the gun and go find out the noise. So on a societal level, placing a vote, voting is the beginning stages of picking up a rifle. Picking up a rifle is the end conclusion of all politics, is the end conclusion of all voting. You know, if you vote on a policy, at some point you're going to have to enforce it. Now, this is the major flaw with democracy, is that once it goes beyond a local level, democracy is no longer accountable to the man who voted for it. You know, so at a local level, if we vote to, you know, I don't know, tax everybody 10% more, you are seeing the direct results in your local community. You are bearing the burden. But when we start voting beyond our local area, beyond our scope of uh, consequence that we feel, when you start voting for other people's money, other people's lives, other people's property, you don't feel it. And so, oh, yeah, let's vote for that. Let's vote for this. When it's close to home and people like when you're the one who's like, oh, yeah, I voted for that. And it's like, well, I'm going to come break your kneecaps because I know where you live. And it's like, OK, great, let's fight. You know, that is the end game of politics at the end of the day is picking up a rifle to enforce uh, policies that other people don't like. Otherwise, you wouldn't have to. It wouldn't be a policy if we had to now make it a law because it means by nature that you're making it a law. Other people aren't doing it because it's against their will. And so that's where, you know, that's where all the freaking libertarians and ANCAPs come in and be like, oh, law is evil, morality, bad, <laughs> all this kind of stuff. But no, no, no. Like authority is mandated by God, designed by God, created by God. The sword is created by God to be wielded by good men to punish evildoers and reward those who obey the law and who are good for society. The problem comes in with democracy. Democracy is insanely anti-God, anti, you know, wholesomeness. You know, you, you don't, um, you don't vote your way 
into holy living. You don't vote your way into a heaven on earth society. You know, by nature, you're going to vote your way into the into the lowest common denominator. You know, and so if if you know if there's a hundred men and you're all voting, it's like, what's the easiest thing for me? What's the easiest thing for the majority of men? That's what you're going to vote yourself into. Not what's the hardest thing. Not what's the best thing. It's what's the easiest thing. That's what we're all going to vote for. Now you add, you add a hundred women into that mix. Now the women are going to vote overwhelmingly for safety, overwhelmingly for control, right? That's just a feminine, you know, woman, if they didn't have the natures they had, you know, we wouldn't make it past childhood because women insanely want to keep things safe and safety means control. They want to control everything, right? In Genesis, it says, Eve, your desire will be for your husband, i.e. you want to control him. You want to own him and make him do safe things. You know, Proverbs says, uh, where no oxen are, the barn is clean, but by the strength of an ox comes much gain. And there you have the two kind of poles, the polarity. Women want a clean barn. We want a clean barn, keep it clean, maintain what we have, make it nice. Men want to go and gain. They want to go on mission. They want to go build. They want law and order. They want, uh, they want to bear the sword for gain. And these two things are inherently at conflict, right? There, there has to be, one has to submit to the other. And so the Bible commands that the feminine nature submits to the masculine nature. So the masculine nature leads, the feminine nature submits, is a helpmeet, right? So you, the ox goes and gains, and the feminine then keeps the gains. It's not... Because if you submit the man to the woman, you get clown world. You get this current chaos, right, of the overbearing, controlling, matriarchal uh, society that is peace at all costs. But not peace, silence. You know, silence of the, of the men, silence of the dissenters, silence of, the, of those who would want to go out and gain and, and get dirty. So while women enjoy the pleasures of authority, they do not enjoy the burdens of responsibility that come with it, of withstanding abuse by bad men. You know, so, so that's the big thing here of like the, the way for women to get safety is to either um, get men to go in, and do stuff. You know, like he, that guy over there, you know, and, and they love like sewing like that guy. You need to go sort that guy out. So they go sort that guy out. Or it's by compliance, you know. Okay, I'll comply. Why do women stay in abusive relationships? Because it's peace, right? I'll comply. I'll comply. Stockholm syndrome. I'll comply. And so when there's a woman leader, they either try and get white knights to go and do their bidding or they comply. They comply to the devil. They comply to abusive men, to bad men, to bad actors and institutions. Authority isn't a pleasure that God withholds from women. God does not withhold good from Eve. It is a burden of responsibility that he places on men to carry. We shirk our burden and cast it on women and then watch as the fall keeps getting played out in the gardens of our lives. 
you know so so to wear the crown is is heavy heavy is the head that wears the crown you know it's a, it's a heavy thing to have authority over an institution authority over a group of people because it's like it means a lot of work and yes like everyone sees you and you're the oh wow authority celebrity like you're the big guy you're famous everyone loves you and it's like yeah that's nice do you know how many guys are in leadership positions or are super successful and celebrity and they're like yeah i wish i could just disappear and no one knew who i was because the burden of authority that is responsibility the burden of authority is heavy responsibility we shirk our burden and cast it on women and then we watch as the fall keeps getting played out in the gardens of our lives the responsibility of the policeman pastor soldier wage slave politician is a burden that even strong men struggle to carry well men that celebrate women picking up authority are either shirking their burden or happy to lower the standards required of carrying that burden you know and when you look at rob good evening brother when you look at uh, the other the other side of this in the Bible, you know, everyone's like, well, what about Deborah? You know, of like, this is our template for woman leadership. And it's like, a woman judge was to Israel's shame. You know, it, it's basically God saying, your men are so cowardly and incompetent and weak that I will shame you by having a woman do the job that a man is supposed to do. It is to an institution's shame to have a woman leader. What it means is, you know, if 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 you are promoting women above men, it means it means that there are no good men here. There are no honorable men here or I want to purposefully dishonor the men here by promoting a woman above them. You know, the woman may be more competent, maybe better at the job, all this kind of stuff, that doesn't matter. The point is you are you are denigrating the men in the group by promoting a woman above them. If your goal is to destroy a group, you must push women into leadership positions. You know, and, and this is a, a hard pill for a lot of women to take. It's like, I that's misogynistic or that's blah, 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 all this stuff. And it's like, no, you don't understand. Leadership is battle. Leadership is war. Leadership is abusive men coming to attack you. And so... Why any sane man would want to subject the woman under his authority to that role is ridiculous. Drongo, making women leaders is essentially an abuse of their trusting nature, as with female cops, for example. Yeah, man, that's a good, that's a really good point. You know, women are by nature trusting. Why? Because they build community. They build hospitality. They build families. They build groups you know they're all about inclusivity right it's all about the survival of the group you know and if women didn't have these these tendencies this feminine nature you, like i said like as children we wouldn't make it you know we wouldn't make it if our parent if our mom wasn't concerned about safety at all costs you know about controlling every little situation so that we didn't die of typhus and malnutrition and blah 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 like that's a good thing with children it's not a good thing with men, you know. And then with cops, you know, that's like, that's like the, you know, cops and soldiers. It's like, hello, it's literal physical danger every day of their life. And to put a woman in that, in that space, it's like, this is insanity. 
Mr. Max Boyven. Welcome, brother. When women are put in position of prestige, the position loses its prestige and men look for other avenues for their ambitions. That is a really good analysis. But, you know, this thing of, that's it, you know, because men in, intuitively know that to elevate a woman to a position is dishonoring the men under that position. You know, so you look at like, you look at like the army rangers, you know, when it was only men and like what, like, I don't know, two in 10 men or whatever would pass every test or whatever. It's like, that's prestigious because there's high standards. There's high danger. There's high exclusivity. You know, then you start passing women through there. And it's like, oh yeah, eight and 10 can pass now. That that little badge, no longer that badge that says Ranger, no longer means what it means. The prestige is lessened, and it's like just wishing it wasn't that way doesn't make it so. That's really good, bro. And so as men, like we look for all male spaces because here's the next thing. The next thing is having a woman in a, in an all male space environment changes the dynamic. Men can be direct with each other. Men can. There is no space for passive aggressiveness amongst men. But you throw a woman in or you throw a gamma male, a feminine, an effeminate, insecure man, and all of a sudden passive aggression becomes the main form of communication. Uh, sarcasm, uh, veiled nagging, uh, indirect, you know, like you can't just go direct. You can't just have conflict. Because it's like no, 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 we, no conflict, no conflict. So we're we're we, we're just a a, a well oiled, peaceful group. And it's like under the surface, everyone hates everybody. Everybody wants to kill everybody. Everybody's trying to backstab everybody and get one up on everybody. Whereas in me, in a in a all male space, it's like no, there's a clear hierarchy of honor. We give respect, and respect is due. We give honor, and honor is due. And it's like I'm not the king. I don't go for the crown because there's respect and there's honor. You know, and it's like this 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 male hierarchy gets messed up when when you throw a woman, a, a feminine nature, into this male operating system. Mr. Max Boyven, women have instincts geared to deal with the in-group. And when those instincts are applied to the out-groups, disaster ensued. Huge distinction there. In-group versus out-group, right? The group, our in-group, nurture, love care, trust, wonderful things. You give that to the out group, you give that to the parasite. You know, you, you know, some guy comes and knocks on the door, gives a sob story. The man is going to be like, nope, come back in the morning. I'm not dealing with this now. And the, the woman's like, oh, you know, like that's a bit harsh. That's it. And then he's like, oh, please, please let me in. Let me in. You know, and the woman's like tugging on her heartstrings and she opens the door. Guy comes in, murders the whole family. You know, that's the, the misuse of trust to the outgroup, to the outsider. And as a society, that's what happens, right? You know, you get these, okay, just don't do that again. And it's like, no, the dude, the dude needs to get arrested and taken down to the shop. Rob, men deal in honor, women deal in guilt. When love is elevated over honor, the highest amount of safety for the most people becomes the priority. This comes at the cost of freedom and decency. Yeah, you know, and, and, and that freedom is the freedom of honesty. Honest, the responsibility of honesty. You know, we've, we've all been in groups where there's a very feminized 
or effeminate undercurrent of passive aggression, of dishonesty, of fear, right? Outright fear to tell the truth. You know, the, the big dog's like, you know, what do you think of this? And you're like, oh, if, if I tell the truth, then then maybe I'll get backstabbed. Or maybe, you know, whereas in, in a masculine honor hierarchy, you can you can talk up respectfully. You know, you can say, sir, uh, this is what I'm seeing. This is what's going on. And and the person up is like, thank you for your honesty. This is what what is actually the thing. Whereas in a feminized thing, it's like, well, I, you know, this guy said that maybe this guy, and then and then you go talk to this guy, and it's like, oh my gosh, we're operating in a feminized, we're operating in a gamma group. Like there's all this insecurity and all this, like, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, okay, because we don't want we don't want to confront. We don't want to have honest conversations. We don't want to make people uncomfortable. So we're not going to tell the truth. We're not going to confront. We're not going to, you know, until there's a big blow up and then, and then people get murdered. Yeah. So dishonoring the men in your hierarchy. One of the, one of the, the huge blessings of an all male space is the ability for young guys uh, to, to take up helper roles, humble servant roles in a hierarchy to number one, learn experience, you know, have an apprenticeship, and number two, uh, develop skills, uh, and then number three, move into the hierarchy in a way where they can contribute their gifts. Now, what happens in the modern workplace is that women fill these service roles, right? Men, uh, men are not chosen for secretarial work, for errand work, for um, um, assistant work, because women are cheaper, they don't negotiate for their salaries. Uh, they are willing to take lower wages. They're willing to work, you know, part-time hours. They're they're willing to take these lower jobs. And the men are like knowing, like, oh, I can't really do that because number one, that's now a woman's. That's now technically a woman-ish role. And number two, I wouldn't be accepted for it because it's now not a contextually accepted thing. But in the past, it's like a guy would be a secretary. A guy would be an assistant. A guy would be a mail clerk. A guy would be a a receptionist, and that would be their way into a hierarchy, right? Is you know even you look at in the British society a batman. You know you are the servant to a high ranking officer or a or a busy man. You know a, a well a high status man. You open doors for him. You make sure that all of his stuff is always set up before he gets there so that he's not waiting around to do stuff. You are basically, you're his butler, you're his batman. You're taking care of all the details around his life. And what this is, is, is essentially you are, you are getting to know how high status men operate. And so you can then, as you become more proficient, more uh, valuable and learn all the things, boom, you now become a, a man of value and you can now step into a different role in the hierarchy. Now, it's like, oh no, now we have full-time receptionists. Now we have full-time assistants and all these things that are mo mostly women. And it's hard for a man to like say to his receptionist, jump in the car with me, we're going on a trip. Come stay in my hotel with me, we're going on a, on a, on a project. It's like, yeah, it's not going to work. And then, and then these girls, these feminists are like, he's not giving me equal opportunity to learn and experience. It's like, yeah, because he's not going to take you on a trip where you're going to stay in the same hotel and you're going to drive in the same car for 10 hours. Whereas when that was a young 18-year-old guy, 
it's like, whoa, what an opportunity. You're a young 18-year-old guy traveling with a 30, 40-year-old executive or hotshot or whatever, you know, doing his rounds and you're his assistant. It's like, what an amazing experience. And that's kind of been destroyed by this equality of, okay, we've got to have women in our organization. Well, they're going to take up all the low pay, low skill jobs. And so it becomes a, dis a dishonor again to the, to the unskilled young guys. And now they have to now go and pursue higher education and, and skill themselves up and try and come in at a higher level in the hierarchy rather than starting at the bottom. You know, it's the same way in ministry. It's the same way uh, in media, you know, where you would have young guys who are, who are willing, would have been willing to work for peanuts, uh, where they're now being filled by career women who are working that, that entry-level role as a career. You know, it's, it's a crazy uh, loss of opportunity. Mr. Max, women also don't mind as much doping, mindless, repetitive, and unchallenging work. Yeah, you know, it's this thing of men, men want a mission. Men want glory. They want significance, especially, you know, once you get married and I'm sure you guys who have kids, it's like, all right, I need to get on with my mission. I need to get on with my gift, bringing me before great men. And so it's like, oh, I've had the same secretarial job for four years now. It's like, no, no, no. Dudes are like six months in. They're like, okay, I'm looking for something better. I'm looking to go bigger. I'm looking for advancement. How can I advance? How can I mission? How can I gain? Where's the gain? Whereas, you know, full on, like you get, you get ladies who have like, yeah, I've been a secretary. I've been a receptionist for 20 years. And it's like, they're happy. They're, it's like, okay. Rob. Women will sexualize any and all male spaces they enter. So here's the thing. It's attention. Attention is the, attention is the currency. There's two ways to do this for, for women, right? Option number one is to become the work wife, to sexualize, to, you know, so, so men, here's how men fit into a hierarchy with other men. Strength, mastery, and courage. Those are the three things we all size each other up on, Right. Is he stronger than me? Is he braver than me? Is he more skillful than me, masterful than me? Or not even that, but can I respect those things about him? That's what we peg each other. That's how we peg each other in a hierarchy, right? Women come into a hierarchy as attached to their father, their husband, their sons, their brothers, whoever the man is in their life. That is, they attach to the hierarchy through a man. And so you even see this with like ministry babes and boss babes. There is always some man somewhere who is acting as her covering, who is acting as the man that she pegs to. Now, she won't go about actively um, acknowledging this. You know, she'll be like, I'm a self-made boss babe. I'm a boss babe. I'm, I'm God's woman. I'm blah, blah, blah. But as soon as she gets attacked, as soon as she gets challenged, watch for who she runs to. Watch for which man comes to her aid and, you know, be like, you know, oh, you know, this, I've worked with this lady for 20 years and she's just amazing. And, you know, all these attacks, I was like, okay, that's her work father. That's her work husband. That's her guy who's her covering. So, so the, the ways to get attention in the, in the male space is number one, come in as the work wife, come in and be, you know, oh, and, and so the way, the way, so women attach in a hierarchy, attached to the man, and that's how they, they are attached in a hierarchy. But how they, how they are attached value to men is through their beauty, their helpfulness, and their obedience. So how beautiful they are, 
how helpful they are and how obedient they are. And so to be a work wife, you come into a, an institution and you find out who is the most high uh, status man or, or many men. And you're like, how can I be beautiful? How can I be helpful? And how can I be obedient? And you'll see these women who are just for eight hours every day, you know, their, their makeup's perfect, their dress is perfect, they're, they're, they're beautiful, they're helpful, they'll, they'll do anything for their boss, they'll, they'll have everything done and everything really well organized, they're obedient, like, you know, you ask them to do something hard, they'll go do it. Ask them to do something inconvenient, they'll go do it. You know, they are being the work wife, right? They, are, they know that this is how I get attention. This is how I get advancement. Or you become the boss babe, which is the inversion, right? It's the second rate man. It's the woman trying to become a man, to beat men in their own domain. And so they try to put on the masculine virtues of strength, bravery, and mastery, right? But that makes a woman ugly. Uh, what's the opposite of a disre disrespectful, disobedient, um, and obnoxious. So they become second rate men. You know, this hard ball busting woman. It's like, you can't treat her as a man. You can't, you can't treat her as a man. You have to treat her as a woman, but then she feels disrespected because now, you know, it's, it's just a, it's a huge thing, but, but you're right there. So, so the sexualization Rob of, of the male space comes, uh, how, a, you know, cause, cause the woman knows she has to attach women intrinsically know it. My value in the hierarchy is attached to the highest status man who will commit to me the highest status man who will protect, provide, and, and promote me. And so obviously, like, there's not going to be a guy who's like, oh, you're my real wife now. You know, there's not that level of commitment. But it's a thing of, like, garnering his favor. You know, so he's promoting me. He's providing for me. He's protecting me. And that's why I say, with even with the boss babes, watch who the man is that they run to for protection when they get attacked, when they get challenged. You know, or do they, do they call up a huge contingent of lower status men below them who are white knights who come in to, to rescue uh, when they're challenged in the hopes of being noticed by her, in the hopes of being uh, given uh, a sexual chance with her or, or you know, in, a, in a, a feminized hierarchy, if she's the choke point, if she's the boss, like if I come to her defense, she will promote me. It's a super... Um, it's a super fascinating effect. Mr. Max, women for some reason have the idea that men only talk about sex when amongst themselves and try to emulate that when they want to be part of the boys. Yeah, and that's crude. You know, it's very crude. It's, um, you know, that's the other thing in, 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 the, in the dynamic of a group when, when you bring women into it. Men all together, you're not afraid of offending. You know, women think it's like, oh, all these men are together. All they're talking about is sex and crudeness and swearing and drinking and just being absolute chauvinist pigs. But it's like, no, 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 that's not the case at all. When men are all together, you know, in a business environment, a ministry environment, media, government, whatever, what is there is a freedom. So there's a freedom to be chauvinist pigs. There's a freedom to talk about anything because you're not going to, uh, you're not going to kick someone out for being rude. You're not going to kick someone out for saying a taboo thing or being politically incorrect. And so what that allows, initially in an all-male space, if, if guys are all coming together and, and it's a first time, let's say you're at a conference and you're meeting a bunch of guys, the first few things like, all right, let's throw out a joke and see what the response is. Let's throw out a topic and let's see what the response is. It's like, 
Okay, we're all safe. We're all safe. And then that's it. There's no more talk. Now it's business. Now it's mission. And it's just clear, freaking high octane, pure mission because the guys know they're safe. They're safe, right? But now you throw some woman in there, even one woman in there, and the guys all come together and they're like, okay, it's not safe. Like, which one of these guys is going to simp for her? Which one of these guys is going to throw me under the bus to simp for her? Is she going to throw me under the bus? Is she going to report me to HR? Is she going to throw a tantrum and accuse us of sexual molestation or, or rudeness or political incorrectness? Like, and so it's a sterile environment and there's distrust and there's like uneasiness and the mission doesn't happen very well because it's such a high friction environment. So, so you throw a bunch of guys together. Yes, there'll be some joking and some coarseness to start to ascertain that everybody here is safe. And then, and then we crush. It's a really good point there. Yeah, Mr. Max, and the subject of sex almost never comes up when I'm with my mates because you're safe. You're safe. You know, sex talk, jokes, race, uh, you know, whatever taboo political topic, it's a safe, it's a safe word mechanism. It's, are you safe with me? You know, and so the first few times you chat, that will be the big thing. Are we safe? Once a guy's proven himself safe, it's like, now we can go mission. Now we can go deep. Now we can, now we can even talk about heart matters. We can talk about spiritual matters. We can talk about financial matters. We can talk about political matters. Like there's nothing that's off limits because we're safe. That's such a good, such a good point. And so you get these churches, you get these groups, you get businesses, you get projects, whatever it is, you know, sports teams that are ruined because none of the men trust each other because you've inserted effeminate political correctness software, political correctness punishment software. And so, you know, how much are we losing? How much have we lost in church life and business life, project life, group life, whatever, because we're afraid of being thrown under the bus. We're afraid of saying the wrong thing. And so we don't say it. You know, how many amazing ideas have been lost because we're too afraid to be ejected for a bad opinion? How many great solutions in the world have been lost because we're too afraid to do anything because, well, what if this guy is untrustworthy or, or this woman is just trying to control the whole thing? So not my, not my, uh, not my zoo, not my monkeys. So I'm not going to really contribute. You know, it's a, it's a crazy, you know, we say men aren't, aren't, men are, are missional and women are about safety, but, but to a certain extent for men to be missional, they have to know that they're safe and safety for men looks like being able to incriminate yourself amongst a bunch of brothers and no one is like, yeah, we're all incriminated together. Great. We're all going to hang together. Great. Now we can go crash. It's really good. Here, here's a big one. Complaining is what women do to get men to do something. So you know that you're in a, you will know that you're in a feminine or a effeminate group when complaining is a big part of what goes on. Because complaining is how you get men to do something. So in an all-male space where there's high trust, it's like, hey guys, here's the problem. Let's go do something. Let's go crush. There's not a lot of complaining. You know, even you look at like, you look at like, you know, gang, really, really, is that what we're doing today? I mean, is this most of conservative media is effeminate? It's a bunch of complaining 
hoping that some man in politics is going to do something. When it's like, no, you know, this new this new rise rising up on on the right of what we're doing now with with you see like so many men rising up now of like we're not going to complain anymore. We're not going to oh hypocrisy. Oh, can you believe what they're doing? It's like, no, we're doing stuff. We're organizing and we're doing. Men organize and men do. Yeah. So here's another one with with effeminate men is justifying yourself to your accusers. So stop complaining. That is what women do to get men to do something. And then stop justifying yourself to your accusers. Because this is what women do, right? If if women are in a group, um, slander and gossip and passive aggressiveness becomes a controlling mechanism. So that means you have to do a lot of justifying yourself to your accusers. You know, justify, justify, justify. Whereas with men, it's like, no, this is what I'm doing. And that's what I did. Because they know that if you're if you're if you're strong, if you're fearless, and if you're masterful, you're not getting kicked out of a group. And if you do get kicked out of a group, you're strong, masterful, and fearless. And so you're gonna go do what you want to do on your own. So justifying is effeminate. It's what principled conservatives do to avoid ejection from liberal institutions. Yep. So conservatism is effeminate, it runs on soft men and hard women. Conservatism has no action plan, only a grift plan. Its business model is outraging at, but never crushing, liberal action. Conservatives profit off of liberalism like doctors profit off of obesity. Alrighty, praise God. Women and feminized men fill the container they are given. Women are good at testing boundaries to see if we really mean what we say, if we really believe what we believe. If so, she'll relax into that strong container. If there is a hole in the container, she will expose it. And that has been on a that has been on a societal wide level. This thing of of the shit test, of the boundary testing. You know, and these weak men, they can't say no. You know, as soon as a woman gets upset, they're like, okay, 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 we'll do whatever. You know, and, and we all have to get through that on a personal level of understanding what it means to wield authority, even when people get upset. And that's the the huge thing, you know, in churches of like, you get all these women who become leaders and it's like, number one, that in-group, out-group, like we said, it's like, well, just love everybody. And it's like, no, they're they're basically like destroying our group. And it's like, okay, well, you know, we should just love them anyway because I'm not going to confront them or, you know, it's a, it's a, a fascinating thing of like boundary... Does the Bible say what the Bible really says? Like, let's really push that. You know, it's it's the journalist in the tree going, did God really say? And then the woman's like, well, let's push that. Let's eat it. Let's try it. Let's see if we die. You know, it's like, that's a very feminine um, outworking of authority. Uh, Mr. Max, oh my, when I'm in a group of people I don't know, I find it so exhausting to have to watch what I say. Yeah, exactly, man. It's a, you're playing a game of how much, how much dog whistling can I do that won't incriminate me to see if someone else will dog whistle back? And it's exhausting. And it's exhausting keeping your thoughts in. It's, it's exhausting being politically correct. It's exhausting watching what you say, you know? And it's frustrating and it's soul destroying. And that's why, you know, to a large extent, it's like we need to start building parallel societies so that we can be free, that we can be honest that we can speak freely and be freely amongst men. And that's why I say, all it takes is three or four other guys. 
We just want three or four other guys that we can be completely honest with, ride or die. And it's like, then life is sane. Life is good. The world is great. And we can crush. We can make projects. We can we can build and go hard at a mission. But, you know, you go to a group, you go to some group that, you know, is like all politically correct and stuff. It's like you're wasting you're wasting your energy and your time because it's like you're not going to crush. You're going to spend all your energy being correct and 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 playing position, you know, playing popularity and playing the passive aggressive insecurity game. Jake Stein, welcome brother. Rob, the manners men keep with each other is a product of the potential consequences of violence for being inappropriate. Yeah, you know, and that's it as well is this thing of this thing of honor among men. It's very interesting uh, watching the young teenagers, uh, w- you know, be in a group together. And it's like they sort things out very quickly. You know, one one guy insults the other guy. It's sorted out very quickly. And then it's like because we're so w- trained in the feminine, we're like, oh, is this boy going to hold a grudge for the rest of this? Like, no, by the end of the day, they're back joking and, and happy. And it's like it's as if that never happened. It's because, like, they got it out. Like, this kid was unhappy. They got it out. They did what they needed to do. They confronted. They got the crap out. And it's like, if there's still a grudge, it's because they never fought hard enough. They never got the crap out. And it's like, it's really simple in a normal space of like, and often as well, like just remember, remembering from my school, you know, all the hard headed guys, like the real like king kind of alpha type guys who are really bullheaded. It's like, okay, there's two alphas in the group. Like they're going to fight and fight and fight until one dies or one leaves. Like, you know, a lot of the, a lot of us other guys, like we had one fight, we're good. Like the pecking order is reestablished. Whereas the two alpha dudes, like they fought and fought and fought and fought until one was like, no, I'm not hanging out with you guys anymore. <laughs> and it's like, perfect. Now there's peace. Like, great, good stuff. Or like the one guy leaves with a few guys and the other guy leaves with a few guys and there's two new groups. It's like, great, great. <laughs> but now there's peace because the two kings avoid each other. The two alphas avoid each other because they've sorted out their differences. They've sorted out their crap. It's really good, bro. The manners men keep with each other is a product of the potential consequences of violence. So good. Righty, brothers. That was a nice little chat. Um, I think the whole point of this is obviously politically, nothing's ever going to happen. You know, there's going to be no repealing of the 19th in our lifetime. Um, you know, if there's going to be anything, it's going to be because there's a new government. It's it's not because this old government is going to repeal the 19th. So we must repeal it in our own hearts. And what I mean by this is as men, we need to step up into authority. We need to stop shirking authority and giving authority to women because it's fair or it's or it's the right thing to do or it's kind or it's equal. You know, there's that great cartoon um, of a king uh, of a king in his castle. And he's like, finally, the kingdom is at peace. We have we have finished the long war against our enemies. And then the next pain is the the wife saying, oh, do you think I could have a turn at at leading at, or at being queen or whatever, or at being king? And he's like, no, um, no, it's everything's OK. And she, so she's like upset and pouting. And so he's like, OK, fine. You can be queen for a little bit. And the next pain is like the king's head on a stake and like the whole castle ruined and burned down. But it's like, yeah, like, you know, it's that whole thing of women aren't women aren't designed to gatekeep against abusive men. They're not designed to carry the weight of authority. You know, it grinds them. And and as men to watch it uh, dishonors us. It or it it 
it shames us to watch a woman do what a man should be doing. Righty, boys. Bless you. Uh, may the Lord encourage you guys, encourage your stepping into, into authority uh, over what you have authority over, your families, your local area, your domain, your projects, your institutions, uh, and that you would just be crushing in an amazing, amazing way uh, this uh, coming few weeks especially. God bless you, chaps. Have a good night, and we'll see you tomorrow.